0: Welcome to the Not Old, Better Show, Smithsonian Associates' interview series on radio and podcast. The show covering all things health, wellness, culture, and more. The show for all of us who aren't old, we're better. Each week, we'll interview superstars, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all related to this wonderful experience of getting better, not just older. Now, here's your host, the award-winning Paul Vogelzang.
1: Welcome to a special episode of the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates Inside Science Interview Series. Today, we're venturing into the heart of celestial drama, a phenomenon that has captivated, captivated all of us, but captivated humanity since time immemorial, the total solar eclipse. On April 8th, 2024, an extraordinary event will unfold across the United States, really across the world. A spectacle so profound, it transforms day into night and unveils the hidden corona of our sun casting an ethereal glow across the sky this isn't just an astronomical event it's a moment of communal awe and wonder that transcends age culture and time joining us to guide all of us through this cosmic journey is returning guest smithsonian associate kelly Beatty, a luminary In the field of planetary science and space exploration, Kelly Beatty, the senior editor for Sky and Telescope magazine, is not just an observer of the stars, but a seasoned voyager who has led eclipse expeditions to the most remote corners of our planet. We'll talk about that and much, much more, but you will hear Kelly Beatty talk To us today about the sandy dunes of Libya, to the icy reaches of Antarctica, Kelly Beatty's experiences have not only captured the imagination of space enthusiasts, but have also provided invaluable insights into the nature of our universe. In today's episode, we'll explore the historical and cultural significance of solar eclipses. We'll delve into the celestial mechanics that orchestrate these breathtaking events Kelly Beatty will share with us essential tips for observing the upcoming eclipse safely. Whether you're a seasoned astronomer, an amateur photographer, or someone who simply marvels at the beauty of the cosmos, this conversation promises to enlighten, inspire, and prepare you for the upcoming celestial spectacle. So get those pinhole projectors and cameras ready, find your spot, Right along the eclipse's path from Mexico through the United States as we embark on a journey through the shadows to witness the sublime beauty of the cosmos revealed in totality. This is not just an episode about the science of the skies, but a celebration of the moments that remind us of our shared humanity and the mysteries that lie just beyond our reach. Welcome to a story written in the stars, a tale of light, shadow, and the awe-inspiring dance of the cosmos. Kelly Beatty will be presenting at Smithsonian Associates. Coming up, the title of his presentation is There Goes the Sun, A Total Solar Eclipse Countdown. Please check out our show notes for more details about Kelly Beatty. But we have him today to tell us a little bit more about what he's going to tell us then. Kelly Beatty, welcome back to the program. Hey, what a great pleasure. Nice to hear from you. It is so great to hear from you, too, and, and talk a little bit about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation titled There Goes the Sun, a Total Solar Eclipse Countdown. Tell us, what are you going to be telling us there at Smithsonian Associates?
2: Oh, well, so, you know, relatively few people listening in and watching will actually see a total solar eclipse unless they're going to to the path of totality. When the moon covers the sun, you know, it, it completely, it, it doesn't do it for a whole hemisphere. You got to be in the right place at the right time. And in this particular case, that right place in time includes the, the United States from Texas up through Northern New England in a broad stripe. And I know a lot of people are going to be heading there so that they can see it, but importantly, Everyone in the U.S., in the continental U.S., will see a partial eclipse on April 8th. It's a Monday. Um, some deeper than others. Some places almost total. It's going to be quite a spectacular event.
1: April 8th. Okay. So we've got that down on the calendar. Historically, and and maybe even culturally, eclipses have, have always been significant events, um, April eighth will be, I know for all of us, but they've fascinated humanity throughout history. sometimes they 're even seen as omens or or significant celestial events. What do you think about that what do you what do you make well, of that? Well, for sure, I mean lunar eclipses
2: where the the moon goes very dark and gets this coppery or bloody kind of color have been omens too I mean Christopher Columbus famously uh, knew uh, an eclipse of the moon was coming to um induce the native population to to do whatever he wanted. Solar eclipses, you know, unless the moon completely covers the sun, you almost can't tell that it's happening because the sun is still bright. You can't really look at it. But statistically, once every 375 years, uh, every place on the Earth will be bathed in the moon's shadow. Uh, for a few minutes, and so you you hear these, uh, read these stories from ancient China and, and various other cultures. They witnessed a total eclipse of the sun, and you know they thought the world was going to end. Uh, their their deities were somehow unhappy and had gobbled up the sun, and so um, it is definitely something that uh, uh, was seen as a portent for for these ancient peoples. Nowadays. You know, we have our computers that tell us to the split second where and when these eclipses are going to occur, and so they are—they are no less astounding to see. I have to say, I mean, there are there's nothing celestially that happens unless there were to be a supernova very nearby that is as spectacular and unexpectedly beautiful as a total solar eclipse.
1: This is. Uh... An important event to to you, important to to so many. Um, you've led um, solar eclipse expeditions uh, from Libya to Antarctica. What are some of your most memorable experiences?
2: Oh, I have to say that um, uh, two kind of stand out. One was in in um, Kenya, uh, in and. I took a group of about 40 people to see a total e- eclipse of the sun. We had to fly to this remote, desolate uh, National Park in Cessna aircraft for 11 seconds of totality. Hmm. That's all we had. Yeah. Well, guess what? We did not see totality. We, it was cloudy. Not only was it cloudy, there was a torrential thunderstorm and a sandstorm powerful enough to block all, uh, knock our equipment off. Uh, our tripod is over. Mm. And yet, uh, Kenya is such a beautiful country. We had these rich, rewarding, uh, game drives. Um, and, and, you know, everyone went away happy. The thing about these eclipses is you can't control the weather. You, sometimes you're just not going to be able to see it. The other time that was really special for me was in 2003, it's as much for the, uh, the, the the effort to get there. I I worked with the Chilean National Airlines, Lan Chile at the time it was called, to charter an Airbus three forty, basically the largest plane in its fleet, wow. to fly over Antarctica on a fifteen hour long flight. Now, you can imagine one of these jumbo jets and how big they are inside. We had only 60 people because you can only look out one side of the plane. So that's only one set of windows. And we were only allowing one or two people per row. And yet, for all of that, I had to get the permission of the State Department, the EPA, and the National Science Foundation. We carried aboard a crew that spoke multiple languages. We had a cardiologist. We even had a contingent from the Chilean Polar Rescue uh, patrol uh, equipped with uh, no, you know, survival suits for all of us if we had to bring the plane down in Antarctica. That was just an incredible amount of uh, prep. But boy, was it beautiful when seen from the sky!
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds wonderful, Kelly. I mean, are you still doing those? And and so the word umbraphile. I mean, do you have followers that join you? Are you will you be doing something similar for April eighth? Boy, nothing quite sp- and
2: that involved. Uh, we're yeah. going to a a nice uh, pri- uh, a, a nice private wedding venue in Fredericksburg, Texas. Uh, we'll be cushy and and have meals <laughs> catered for us okay. and uh and and you know that a lot of people are going to texas that's where some of the weather prospects are best for this one um and so i'll have 250 of my brand new best friends that day uh if all goes according to plan (laughs)
1: let's talk (laughs) about some scientific explanation uh, around this phenomenon because the beauty is um remarkable Uh, but many including me do not fully understand of this science uh, behind it maybe explain it to us in in lay terms about the 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 mechanics the celestial mechanics of a solar eclipse yeah
2: well let's start with the fact that they happen at all all right The, the sun is 400 times bigger than the moon but it's also 400 times farther away so just by coincidence the sun and the moon appear about exactly the same size in the sky if you hold out your arm and hold up your pinky finger they're about the size of the fingernail on your pinky. Mm-hmm. And so we, when the moon covers the sun, um, lots of things happen in rapid succession. There are all kinds of effects on the ground. It gets colder, birds go to roost and things like that. But up in the sky, with the sun covered momentarily for no more than like six and a half or seven minutes, you suddenly see revealed this brilliant wreath a filamentary wreath around where the sun was. That is the sun's atmosphere. That's called the corona. It is millions of degrees hot and, and brilliant in its own right, but it's a million times fainter than the sun itself. So only during a total solar eclipse do scientists and everyday people like us have a chance to witness that corona, to see it, and to try to probe it for, for the secrets it might hold. Here's the thing. The corona is a couple of million degrees. It's the atmosphere of the sun, if you will. And yet the surface of the sun is only 11,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And so one of the great mysteries in solar physics has been for a long time, what are the, the, the processes, the mechanic, mech, uh, the mechanisms that cause this corona to become so very hot? And we're gradually getting a handle on that not only by observing solar eclipses, but we have some satellites that are, that are giving us a good, um, a good understanding as well.
1: Hi, it's Paul. Do you love entertaining, informative, eclectic, insightful programs about culture, health, science, life, and everything smithsonian as part of our smithsonian associates interview series on radio and podcast we're introducing you to the new smithsonian associates streaming series smithsonian a nonprofit organization is excited to present this new aspect of their 55 years as the world's largest museum-based educational program join us from the comfort of your home as we periodically interview smithsonian associate guest speakers Our audience here on radio and podcast can explore our website for more information, links, and details at notold-better.com. Thanks, everybody. Our guest today is Smithsonian Associate Kelly Beatty. Kelly Beatty is the senior editor for Sky and Telescope magazine, also been with us previously to talk about planetary science, space exploration, all kinds of really wonderful subjects, and is back talking to us today about his upcoming presentation at Smithsonian Associates titled, There Goes the Sun, a Total Solar Eclipse Countdown. April 8th is the day. Some of some of our audience really kind of need to pay attention to the safety elements involved in, in viewing an eclipse. Tell us about that and what we need to be prepared for.
2: Yeah. You know, as I mentioned, Paul, virtually everyone in the U.S. will see not total eclipse, but a partial solar eclipse that day when only part of the sun is covered by the moon. And the part that isn't covered, still extremely bright and still extremely dangerous. So what you want to try to obtain between now and then are, you know, some certified, safe solar viewing glasses. Um, These are special material that block all but one part in 100,000 of the sun's that's how much you've got to do it in order to see it safely. Mm-hmm. These are pretty inexpensive and pretty widely available. Um, and, you know, I encourage people to look it up now. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you one website that everybody can go to. You know, Sky and Telescope is uh, owned by the American Astronomical Society, the authority on astronomy in the U.S. And if you go to eclipse.aas.org, eclipse.aas.org, there's a giant portal there of all kinds of information, including an extensive list of all the places you can buy these solar viewers to, for, so that you and your family can watch it safely. And they're not expensive. They're only a couple of bucks each. But because of the demand, uh, I would encourage everyone to order them sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, definitely. We will put links so that our audience can find out more about Kelly Beatty, about Sky and Telescope magazine, about Kelly Beatty's upcoming presentation, and then this really valuable link to go learn more about where to purchase some of the safety equipment for eclipse viewing. Thank you so much for that information, too, Kelly Beatty. You know, we all have phones with us these days, and we all... Think of ourselves as photographers in some way, shape, or form. You know, amateurish as it might be, what what is it that we can take a picture of, have it turn out so that um, we can remember this with uh, a little bit of a photograph, something uh, kind of a memento? Will will our phones even work to take a picture of this, or do we need to actually use other equipment?
2: Well. You know, um, a lot of people have binoculars, have telescopes, have cameras with telephoto lenses, older style cameras with these big, long lenses. All of those will be fabulous, but they all need filters on mm-hmm. front, on the front of them. Mm-hmm. Not, And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the little eyeglasses that you would use over your eyes. You just need a, a, these same kind of special purpose solar filters mm-hmm. can be bought for your equipment. Now, let's face it. Most people are going to try to snap the picture with their, with their smartphone and remarkably modern smartphones are really pretty good at zooming in and getting, capturing a lot of detail, but there are a couple of caveats. First, again, we're talking about only a partly covered sun. You will want to put a viewer, even the, the little handheld viewers that you use for your eyes, you can stick that in front of the lens of your, of your phone and, uh, and get a pretty decent picture you got to hold it steady, right? So there are two tips. These are pro tips for getting the best pictures. First of all, find a way to attach your phone to a tripod. Pretty easy. You can buy these little adapters for a tripod that are you know, 10 or $15. Or if you've got a selfie stick, a lot of them will unscrew, and the little clamp part at the end will, will screw right into a tripod. So keeping the phone as steady as possible, even if you got to lean up against a building, will be a big help. The second tip is buy a, uh, a Bluetooth remote trigger for your phone's camera. And uh, a lot of people might not know these exist. These will be <laughs> really useful for selfies in the future, but in the meantime, they allow you to snap away without touching your phone. It's like a little handheld clicker that, uh, that lets you uh, take pictures um, with your phone untouched by your hand, and that will keep it as steady as possible, and therefore you'll get the best possible picture.
1: Picture. Great tips! Always such a um, pleasure and 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 so helpful to to talk to you about this stuff, Kelly Beatty. I, I just have one final question for you. Let's talk about future eclipses and and how some of us amateur astronomers can plan for those beyond April eighth. What what's coming up? What what should we look forward to? And um, when expect should those? we expect those
2: well you know there's a saying paul anyone who's seeing a total solar eclipse for the very first time is likely to utter these four words right afterward when's the next one because <laughs> they are totally totally habit-forming yeah. <clears throat> unfortunately there will not be any total eclipses of the sun uh next year in 2025 the next one after this will be in august of 26 uh and the path that time Uh, starts over Greenland, goes over Iceland, where the weather prospects aren't that great, but it goes right over the heart of Spain. And, you know, a lot of people go to these eclipses not because they're chasing them all over the world, but they go to really interesting places, and the eclipse is just a convenient excuse. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I will be, um, uh, Sky Telescope has literally rented an entire castle in Spain along the Path of Totality, and that's where I will be. And the next ones after that will be um in 27 there will be one that goes right over luxor egypt uh over it starts over gibraltar ends up over uh, egypt and the arabian peninsula and then in 2028 if you've always wanted to go to australia here's your chance there's going to be a coast-to-coast solar eclipse in 2028 that uh ends up going right over sydney right over downtown sydney so those are a couple to look out for in the years ahead
1: kelly Beatty. Our expert on the subject of total solar eclipse will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates coming up. Please check out our show notes for more details about Kelly Beatty and his upcoming presentation at Smithsonian Associates. Again, we'll put links to some of the material that Kelly has mentioned here. Um, A great place to find out more about the uh, 2000. 24 eclipse coming up on April 8th. But Kelly Beatty, thanks so much for your time. We look forward to our conversations with you and especially these upcoming eclipses too. We want to see more.
2: (laughs) Always a pleasure, Paul. Thank you so much and clear skies to you. Thank you, Kelly.
1: My thanks to scientist, space explorer, journalist, and Smithsonian Associate Kelly Beatty. Kelly Beatty will be presenting at Smithsonian Associates coming up. The title of his Smithsonian Associates presentation is There Goes the Sun a total solar eclipse countdown so please check out our show notes today for more details my thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show you'll find more information about Smithsonian associate you'll find more information about Smithsonian associates in our show notes today my thanks to you my wonderful not old better show audience here on radio and podcast please be well and be safe during these times Please be kind to one another and let's do better. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, Smithsonian Associates interview
0: series. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series on radio and podcast. To find out more about all of today's stories or to view our extensive back catalog of previous shows, simply visit notold-better.com. Join us again next time as we deep dive into some of the most fascinating real-life stories from across the world, all focused on this wonderful experience of getting better, not just older. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series on community radio.